Well, welcome back and thank you for sharing this time with me. Tonight's episode is called, well, titled, Fullness of Joy. Listen, dear sisters, the human body is a vessel. We are vessels. Physically, we're a vessel of blood and organs. Spiritually, we're vessels of spirit and soul. Metaphorically speaking, my God, we can become bag ladies. We can carry baggage full of stress, worry, and heartache that we just cannot seem to shake or put down. But here's the thing I discovered. We don't have to carry that baggage. We, and if the baggage is full of stress and worry and heartache, we can replace it with joy, peace, and love. This process is easy. The process is lengthy. But the process is definitely worth it. I always start with a question. So for the question for this evening is, what if meditation were used not to empty out, but to fill up? What if you could use meditation to fill up the empty spaces of worry and confusion, to, to declutter spaces of heartache and disappointment, to smooth rough spaces of stress and insecurity? If we are indeed vessels, we're capable of filling up, and we're capable of emptying out and we're capable of filling up again. So why stay empty? Do you know what an empty vessel invites? It invites death. In some ancient cultures, empty vessels were placed on grave sites and still in other ancient cultures, gravesite vessels contain the organs of the deceased. So why Am I a living vessel meditating to let go and empty my mind? Vessels are rooted in practicality, whether they are living or the vessels in which we carry stuff. In ancient days, they were used to carry valuable commodities, right? Like grapes and wine, olives and olive oil, and grains for bread. Now, when I was studying this, I realized that this is all of the stuff that I would use to make a great tasting cheese board. You know what brings your Amazon and your Wish and your Etsy orders across the ocean? Cargo vessels. Today, we use cargo vessels to bring our good stuff to us. We are living vessels. So we too can be full of good stuff. So I don't know why we use meditation to be empty. Let me share my experience with you in my journey to practicing meditations of fullness because it was quite by accident and it was only upon reflection that I realized what I'd been doing. It was this time last year, actually, and I found myself battling extreme suicidal thoughts and pressures. I was feeling empty. I was feeling lost. I had lost my home and I would have to impose on my mom, leaving my kids and my pets in her care while I went back to work on the truck. And I'd have to leave my eldest behind in the aftermath of this unstable situation. I was so distraught. Um, The best way I can describe it is like being in the middle of the ocean, in a rowboat, in the middle of the night, 
during a lightning wind and rainstorm. I had dramatic thoughts of uselessness and unworthiness. And I even questioned God as to what I did wrong to deserve this. I remember early one morning during a weeping and sobbing session that it brought me to my knees. I was sitting there on my bedroom floor, leaned against the wall, paralyzed by grief. An image flooded my mind like a spotlight. And I mean, I saw myself folded over the kitchen table. My arms were splayed out, palms up, and it showed me dead with slit wrists. It kind of went reverse because after that image, the next image I saw was me getting a steak knife. Now, listen, I was already sitting in the dark, folded against the wall, but this image frightened me so that it made me curl up in the fetal position. And I stayed like that because I knew I did not want to die. But my vessel was empty, sisters. And so death, doing what it was supposed to do, came to fill my vessel. I knew that I would not want to leave my children, and I surely did not want to leave them with that as the last image of their mother in their mind. All I could do was sit there until the pressure of the moment passed. I was too afraid to move. I was too afraid to fall victim to the grip of death. You see, out there in the kitchen, those were where the knives were. In my room was safety. It was where I was laying in that fetal position. That was the first of many battles with my assailant, death. And it lasted until right before my birthday in July. Do you know how I overcame that battle? with meditations of fullness. Now this is May, that lasted approximately three months. I got out of it with what I call a faith deposit, savings, if you will, that our subconscious can draw from. That's what happened with me. I remembered a scripture from years ago, it's found in Deuteronomy in 30, and it, it says, choose life that both you and your children may live. Did you hear that? Choose life. I can't tell you the exact day, but I remember cleaving to that deposit. I remember speaking it out loud while I was driving several times over and over through the duration of this battle with suicide. I remember thinking it when the pressure would grip me while waiting in grocery store lines, while talking on the phone, while waiting to check in at the ship or check out at a consignee. That was the beginning of meditations for fullness. I would go on to write personalized biblical affirmations of encouragement and life that spoke directly to my situation. That's the first concept behind meditations of fullness. Well, maybe there's two there. Anyhow, the first idea is that meditation occurs when we need it wherever we are. In line, at the grocery store, at the gym, before the start of the day, while driving, and at the end of the day, meditation of fullness is all about filling up with what we have stored. So at the time, the only deposit I had was choose life that I and my children may live. 
So I would say that in my mind over and over, just like I was reading a book silently. I was bringing that thought to my consciousness and I let it rest there. I didn't let the thoughts of suicide, I didn't let the feelings of unworthiness come in and bombard it. Every time it tried, every time tears would start falling, all I could say, all I could think was, I choose life that I and my children may live. The second idea is that it builds on itself. See, as long as and the longer we allow those conscious thoughts to rest there, our minds begin to wander based on the current resting idea. So for me, it sounded like this. Well, since I've decided to live for me and the kids, how are we going to live? Now, based on where we get our affirmations, right, determines our individual responses. So I get my affirmations from the Bible. So my response went like this, beloved, I wish above all that you would prosper and be in good health. So now my new meditation of fullness in my mind is I'm going to live, I'm going to prosper, and I'm going to be in good health, even as my soul prospers. So now that forces me to take a look at my soul. And my soul was feeling pretty good because I was living. You see how that works? I'm being filled up. Now I'm living and now I have a place to start. You know what a resting idea becomes? It becomes an anchor. The fuller we are, the deeper we sit, the stronger the anchor. Now I have two areas in which I want to focus because I want to be prosperous. I want to be prosperous in my spirit and I want to be prosperous in my family. The third idea is that there is no form or fashion required. It's all on you, boo. That's right. No props, no noise. Who better to shape your meditative experience than you? When we find ourselves alone in our homes, all we have to do is stop. If we've been practicing this long enough, our soul makes automatic withdrawals, if you will. But if we were pursuing something new, like I was pursuing life, then the only usher we need is ourselves. Pen and paper and study materials. Listen, this is my favorite because this experience can take on whatever shape it needs to based on who you are and what you need. Your soul knows you. Just like my soul brought forward the scripture Deuteronomy in 30, the soul knows what we need to seek to discover the answers we need to find. It's not journaling. It's new revelations and creating outlines and plans on where we see ourselves. That's how One Degree to Victory was born, through meditations. I realized I could utilize my teaching experience to be an encouragement to other single mothers that have experienced or are experiencing challenging circumstances to emerge victorious. Listen, I may have been cast out to sea in a rowboat with only an oar, but today I stand on a cargo vessel, I'm full, and I'm anchored. Even as I give of myself, I have within an overflowing wellspring of abundance from which I can draw daily. I'm overflowing so much that this podcast has spawned a book. That's right. I have a book. I'm working on a book.
Stay tuned for more on that. But in essence, dear sisters, meditations of fullness allows us to engage with our spiritual selves in a practical way. Listen, we have enough on our calendars, right? It is our minds that need to be filled with peace, love, and joy. Those are the tools of awareness that help us navigate life. So if you feel like you're in the rowboat out to sea tonight, I hope you found hope in this episode. There's a better way to get where you're going. And you know what I always say, better is always achievable. I leave you with this quote and call to action. Embrace life's questions and live your way into the answers. Life's questions, dear sisters, are the ones you ask yourself about your life. Don't ask from an empty place. Ask from a full place. Make a withdrawal on the deposits already existing in your soul. And here's the sweet part. You can ask wherever you are. You don't have to force it. Your soul knows what you need. It knows the full places of your heart. But if you need a jump start, here you go. Where do I already have a bunch of good vibes that I could use to try something new? Sit down and ask yourself that question. Where do I already have a bunch of good vibes that I could use to try something new? Good night and good seeking.